Welcome to Buzzed with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzzed with Brian. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. This year, Halloween has already passed. Thanksgiving is on its way which for many people means pumpkin pie. So I think this is still appropriate. We're still in, you know, at least to me, pumpkin beer season. So we're going to have a couple pumpkin beers. That's right. Uh, The longtime fans of the show will recall that I did a pumpkin beer style history episode last fall around this time. That was episode 43. If you want to give that a quick check back, I'll give a abridged version today. We'll still kind of go over the style characteristics I won't hit the history. I'm sorry, history buffs. You'll have to go back to 43 if you want to. I feel like I pretty much hit it all in that episode as far as style history goes. But I wanted to drink some pumpkin beers. So that being said, I picked up two from my favorite spot or one of my favorite spots here in town to pick up cans and sit and enjoy a couple things on draft. That's Garth's Brew Bar on Monroe Street here in Madison, Wisconsin. So the two I have are Pumpkin Power from Crooked Stave out of Colorado. Um, to be honest, I picked this beer up because I really enjoyed the Martzen beer I had from Crooked Stave and my Garsbrew Bar six-pack of Oktoberfest beers that I shared on the Instagram. So I'm high expectations. We'll see, we'll see if it delivers. And then the second beer I have is the Carver. This is a pumpkin beer from Barrier Brewing Company coming out of, looks like, Oceanside, New York. I'll have to look at Google Google Maps. I'm not sure where Oceanside is. We'll cover that later in the show. But uh, that's the two beers I have. And uh, without further ado, let's get on today's show. Time to kick things off here for the day. Like I said, I'm not going to go over any history. If you want some history, go to episode 43 and check that out. But a little refresher on the characteristics. The pumpkin beer is, I think, something that has really entranced the modern population, right? We all love pumpkin spice, gotta have your PSL, blah, 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 blah. Brewers probably feel the marketing stress to put out a pumpkin beer. Like, you know, people walk in this time of year and they're looking for the pumpkin beer. If you don't have one on, they're disappointed. If they have one on, it's gonna sell. But then, what do you do when it doesn't sell? And it's now December and people are like, pumpkin beer? Really? You, you brewed too big of a batch? I don't want that. So it's it's a double-edged sword for our breweries out there. So I think Buzz with Brian fans, what you can do, go out, buy at least one beer, clear one 16-ounce or 8-ounce or 5-ounce if you're getting a flight. Just clear it out of their inventory in case they made too much of it so they're not hanging out in December with a pumpkin beer still on draft. But anyways, the pumpkin beer, we'll go over some brief characteristics here. It's a pretty versatile beer because there's really no defined specific style that a pumpkin beer adheres to. It's really just beer with pumpkin as an adjunct. And historically speaking, I didn't say I was going to cover history, but so historically speaking, this is an American beer. This is a truly American beer creation because pumpkins are a native plant to North America and they provide a lot of great fermentable sugars for yeast to nom on. And pumpkins are overly abundant. They grow like weeds. They're very, very uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Resistant plant if you want to grow something outside, you know. But, you know, this style of beer, pumpkin beers, aside from just having the adjunct of it needs pumpkin in it, you know, you could still have, it could be very ambiguous. You could have stouts and porters, which I think a lot of people see. We see brown ales, pale ales, IPAs, or even pilsners at times with pumpkin thrown into it. So pretty wide variety of what you could be drinking when something's labeled as a pumpkin beer. Um, And I think over time, what we are now having adopted, which I've already hit on, is right. it's not just pumpkin. We're getting the adjunct of pumpkin spice thrown in this. So things like cinnamon, allspice, clove, nutmeg, all can be commonly found in the aromatic and palate of these beers. Um, Additionally, pumpkin beers, when we pour them out on appearance, can range from light to dark. Makes sense. It really depends on the base style of beer put into it, you know, that will dictate that color. Um, And these beers, upon taste, they can be spice-forward, they can be malt-forward, they could be really bitter. I think, you know, if you have a hopped-up pumpkin ale, you could still expect to have some bitterness and some hoppy characters shining through as well. So it's it's a it's an intriguing beer. It's a really intriguing beer. And the ABVs can range, right? We could have anything from a super sessionable table beer, pumpkin beer that's in the, like the two three percent, all the way to oh here's your barrel aged imperial stout pumpkin ale, right? That has some cinnamon thrown into it, <laughs> and that could be north of 10, 11, 12 percent. So today. I think both beers will be fairly similar in style. You know, we're not that neither of them are going to be dark. Neither of them are porters. Neither of them are are, are uh, stouts. You know, they're both going to be more of just a true kind of pale ale or a brown ale base. And that's that's that. So let's get on to the first brewery where our first beer is coming from. First up, we have Crooked Stave Artisan Beer Project. It's quite a mouthful, but they make some very tasty beers, so I'll let them have it. And Crooked Stave is, if you don't know, located in the state of Colorado. They have taproom locations in Denver and Fort Collins, the former being the original of the two. Crooked Stave was originally founded in 2010 by owner and brewmaster Chad Jacobson. And Crooked Save has a neat story. Chad really embodies the spectrum between the art and science of brewing slash beer. So to start, before launching Crooked Stave, Chad was very busy writing his, and soon to be publishing, his master's thesis on Britannomyces yeast. For those of you who don't remember, Britannomyces is kind of the funky yeast. It can produce a lot of different flavors and aromas in beer and do some interesting things. Um, and his work specifically was on Britannomyces yeast and looking at strain-specific fermentations and the compounds produced by these yeast cultures during an anaerobic fermentation in wort. So, in short, he was studying the really cool effects this yeast can have in beer making. <laughs> and it was obviously very beneficial for him in the years to come, but also really beneficial for other brewers that are interested and have been interested in brewing with Britannomyces. So, Chad's science beginnings really turned art form with the opening of Crooked Stave in 2010 when he was focused on producing great barrel-aged beer. The barrel-aging process is, I think, highly romanticized as magic um, to most brewers, and I'm sure Chad would feel the same way. Uh, Aging beer in wood can create highly complex beers with some really, really deep flavors, 
um, and create tastes that maybe are unique to a single batch or even a single barrel that just can't really exactly be reproduced. You can try, but you might not get the same exact result time in and time again. And I think that's part of the art of working with barrel-aged beer, and Crooked Stave really embodies that. And that's where the passionate work that Chad does, especially with all these barrels, the name comes from. You know, the, the bent planks of wood that make up a barrel are referred to as staves, and I think Chad is paying homage to working with his material deeply and calling his brewery Crooked Stave. So... If it isn't abundantly clear, <laughs> Crooked Stave definitely has a reputation for wild, sour, and barrel-aged beers, but I'm excited to see what this pumpkin beer has to offer, so let's get on to it. Okay, beer time here. Excited to drink the first of the two. I have the Pumpkin Power pumpkin ale from crooked stave in my hand this beer is weighing in at seven percent alcohol that's right and we are enjoying it out of a 12 ounce can the can itself has a little skater kid um, pumpkin on a skateboard zooming along through a nice little patch of fall flowers nice clear skies and a beautiful orange backdrop very festive very inviting honestly it's i don't know is this marketing towards kids it's, it's kind of hitting me on a little bit of childhood nostalgia, <laughs> but I, I love it. I love the can, and let's get on to this pour. The beer is pouring out a wonderful color. It is a light brown to a copper brown. It is a little cloudy. You can't quite see all the way through this, but you can see through the edges there, and there is a nice kind of lightly toasted foam head sitting on the top of this that's fairly well retaining so let's get in for some smells shall we hmm interesting there's actually more going on here than i would have expected one more subtle pumpkin spice i think that hits me first on the nose uh i would say mostly allspice touch of clove and cinnamon in there and certainly followed by what i associate with a pumpkin smell i mean pumpkins don't really smell much like anything but I think tied in with the pumpkin spice i'm like oh yeah there's there's definite pumpkin backbone in this but then it finishes the aroma on a real deep inhale there's like a fruitiness there that's just lingering and i get like a grape must you know like the peel of a of grape that's gonna getting ready to be made into wine it's 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 honestly very puzzling i don't know where that's coming from but that is yeah i mean that's exactly where it's taking me there's a weird grape smell to this so let's get in for a sip Hmm. Oh, all right, one more. Wow, this is... I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm impressed. One more. Yeah, I mean, the nose was dynamic. The palate is dynamic. Uh, we'll start, you know, it's malt forward. I've got some roasted caramel, a slight burnt sugar, and that, you know, what I associate with pumpkin flavor, <laughs> just kind of bland pumpkin. And then all of a sudden, mid mid palate, the spice hits, but it does not overwhelm. And I would say it's a nice blend of what a typical pumpkin spice flair would be. One single spice does not dominate. It's a very nice blend. It's very complimentary. Uh, it's it's tasty. One more. Yeah, as I drink more of the beer, that that pumpkin spice 
the spice uh, from that adjunct added in, I'm getting a little bit of itchiness on the tongue. There's definitely some like chemical reaction going on right now. That's kind of fun. It's very tantalizing, very playful. Uh, I would say the beer as a whole has a very soft, full body, though. It's it's very drinkable. Uh, the end is, again, just like on the smell, the end finishes fruity. You know, you pass by the spice character, and I get this fruitiness, but it doesn't necessarily translate to that same grape flavor that I had on the smell for the palate for me. So that, that's it's interesting. Um, the, the beer as a whole, balance-wise, I mean, it provides some sweetness, fairly low acidity, and I think the spice adjunct creates a nice dynamic away from that sweetness, but also complementing it at the same time. Drinkability, I've already talked about this. You know, this beer has an entry-level amount of pumpkin spice, and it's very well executed. I think the body is very appealing. I think everything going on in this beer is very appealing. If you want a pumpkin beer, this this would be a this would be one to pick off the shelf, no doubt. So I, we've got one more beer to drink before we do the ratings, but this is solid. All right, let's get on to beer number two. Time for our second brewery of the day, a little background behind Barrier Brewing Company. They are located in Oceanside, New York, which for those of you who don't know, is on Long Island, just adjacent to New York City. And Barrier Brewing was founded in 2009, so kind of right toe-in-toe with Crooked Stave by a man of the name of Evan Klein, who, much like many other brewery owners, had started with homebrewing. Evan had his start with homebrewing when a buddy of his asked to brew with him, so wasn't really even his initial idea, but he was like, yeah, that sounds like fun, let's do it. His buddy eventually lost interest, but Evan was hooked, and he kept at his new craft. He even took a step further when he would share his homebrew with the founder of a nearby brewery called Six Point. Um, This beer sharing then turned into part-time work. (laughs) Imagine that as he wanted to help out around the brewery in any way he could and continue to learn and grow in the world of the craft beer industry. So after two years of working, that's right, two years of working at Six Point, he was ready again for the next step down the beer-making lane. It was a humble beginning, though, with just a one-barrel pilot system, and he started to actually get his first beers to market in 2010. That's right. So it took him about a year to get beers to market from his opening of Barrier Brewing to getting them out in the hands of the good people. And after, even more incredible, though, here is after six months of tinkering, so within that first year, after six months of tinkering he had really hit his stride and produced 700 barrels of beer in that first year on that one barrel brewing system he had of course you're saying like how is that possible brian he had 17 fermenters that he had gathered i I don't know if they were bigger than one barrel fermenters or what he was doing or if he was just had like a huge glass carboys of fermenters i don't know what he was doing but it is nuts to me to think that he had 700 brew days <laughs> in that first year. In case we don't remember, there is only 365 days in the year. So he was brewing a ton. <laughs> Talk about taking up all your time. Um, and I think that would be an organizational nightmare for, for most people. But he took on the task and he did it. And after another two years, he kept getting better and better. And he moved on to a newer, larger space in 2012 and upgraded to a five-barrel system. So, whew, thank goodness. doesn't have to just deal with the one barrel anymore. And then 
it, from there, they just kind of continue to grow and do their great, do great things. Um, they had a few hurdles here and there along with the hurricane that hit up in the New York area. And that was a little bit of a blow to him and his brewery space, but he rebounded and he grew and he is now operating a 20 barrel brew house that produces near 15,000 barrels of beer a year. So really neat stuff. And I'm excited to see what this one has to offer compared to our first beer. Beer number two in our pumpkin lineup here, I have Barrier Brewing Company, The Carver. This beer is weighing in at 6%, and we are enjoying it out of a 16-ounce traditional pounder. The can art on this one is fun. I mean, I think that's half the reason why I picked it. Uh, The Carver, it's definitely got your Freddy Krueger vibes with the font script, and there is a pumpkin man wielding a chainsaw who is carving aggressively through a very large transposed pumpkin face on the can so definitely getting um, some scary movie vibes from this and written on the side it's an ale brewed with pumpkin allspice nutmeg cinnamon and ginger so we'll see if we pick up on those and uh, let's get on to this pour There are already a couple differences on the pour of this one. The color is sitting more a true, true copper. Uh, There's not really much brown to speak of in in this one, and it is very clear. The clarity on this, you can see right through it, so it kind of gives me more, you know, West Coast IPA or lager vibes where you can just, you know, clean as a whistle, see right through it. There is, again, some lightly toasted color for the head sitting on top and fairly well-retaining head on this one as well. So let's get in for a smell. Mmm, spice forward. Hold on. But not overwhelming. It's it's subtle. You know, it, it's, it's a mild spice character on the aroma. I get mostly the nutmeg, and maybe I'm just biased because I really, really love... Um, whole nutmeg when you do a fresh grating over like a cocktail or something like that but I definitely get nutmeg and a little bit of what to me is like clove I know that wasn't on the can but that's what it smells like for me Um, and it just it feels a little incomplete for a pumpkin spice blend on the nose like there's something missing I just the nutmeg is really really sticking out to me fairly unidimensional as well there's a mild, basic pale malt backbone, but that that's about it to complement the spice character. So let's let's get in for a sip. Hmm. Okay, one more. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about this beer. One more. I would say. I mean, definitely spice forward, and it really kind of continues to cloud into the mid palate. The spice is sticking with me here. I get some basic bitterness out of this beer where the last one was more sweet. And I'm really, again, I'm really trying to search through my mid palate, but the the bitterness is really starting to grow. And I get, there's a simple bready grainy malt flavor to, you know, create that backbone of the beer, but it's, it's a lot of spice but not overwhelming spice. It's just the only thing that's there, <laughs> if that makes sense. Let's go in for one more sip here. 
Yeah, again, the spice just kind of continues to dominate. The beer has a mouth coating effect as well. And the bitterness is, it's really starting to build up over time. And it's even lingering in the aftertaste. Um, speaking of the aftertaste, I'm also getting ginger. This is where the ginger ginger is starting to kick in for me. Which I don't know, to me, I, don't, I would not have considered ginger a traditional pumpkin spice, um, you know, part of as a part of a traditional pumpkin spice and for me it's more of a candied ginger you know that's what it's giving here but that's also a lasting flavor as well along with the bitterness so balance and drinkability of this beer like i already said it feels fairly single dimension the malt is present to balance out a little bit of that spice character however i feel like it falls short of being really an intriguing component of the beer it's just kind of like yeah we have a base beer and we threw this on top of it Drinkability, to me, this beer is kind of like when you're stuck in a conversation that you're losing focus on and you're, you know, you're actively in your mind looking for that exit strategy to, I mean, in this case, metaphorically get to the next beer. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at with this one. So I will finish it and we'll get on to the ratings. Zero to five, as always, on these ratings. This episode was fun for me. I'm, you know, trotting down memory lane to my pumpkin beer episode last year, and these two beers just felt different. You know, it's nice to continue to get a variety and showcase the, you know, the the breadth of this style. I think pumpkin beers can be a lot of different things, and today versus last year, I think showcases that. So that's that's really neat. I'll start with the. Last beer I just finished up, that was the the Carver from Barrier Brewing Company. I don't think this is going to come as a surprise to you all. My review felt a little lukewarm to, on, the, on the delivery, and it probably felt a little lukewarm on the receiving end as well. This beer was just okay. I, I, I didn't really love it. I, I picked it up because, one, the can art was so cool, and I was a little intrigued by the ginger as well. Ginger is something that I love to cook with. It's something I love in cocktails. It's something I like in beer when done right. Um, I was excited about this beer, and it just didn't hit expectations for me. Uh, it wasn't bad. Like I said, the, the pumpkin spice quality, it was there. You know, If you're looking for a pumpkin beer, it, it's there. It checks the box. But I think that's really all it does. So I'm going to give it a pretty average rating, at least for me, a 3.0 out of 5. 3.0 out of 5. Now, back to the first beer, the Pumpkin Power from Crooked Stave. Again, I picked this beer up from Garce Brew Bar because I really loved the Martin that I reviewed in my uh, Oktoberfest week from Crooked Stave. So I had high hopes for this beer, and it hit expectations. This beer was totally dynamic. It had the pumpkin spice. It had great malt character that had some variety of flavor. It had a little bit of, you know, chemical reaction on the tongue going on. Like, it just was a very, very intriguing beer, but still approachable. I feel like if you're someone that hasn't had many pumpkin beers and you just want to give one a try, this one is a safe one. This is a safety beer as well. So I think the versatility of this one and the what you know the execution of this one and how intriguing it is it's going to get a strong score of 4.5 out of 5 so that's a review all right 
at Beer Fans. That wraps up today's episode. Thanks for tuning in this week and every week. I hope you enjoyed the you know the beer reviews here of our two pumpkin beers and definitely a little different than last year's pumpkin beers which is refreshing it's nice and of course um if you want to hear about the history i know you didn't get that today but if you want to go back to the episode last year you can check out the history behind pumpkin beers american made kind of cool if you're looking to find these beers out in the wild there wasn't much for a beer finder on Crooked Staves website. Obviously, I picked both of these beers up at Gar's Brew Bar here in town, Madison. Um, I know Crooked Stave does make its way around the country a bit. I don't know their exact distribution, but I think, you know, if you're looking for it or if you want it, call your favorite liquor store, ask them, you know, hey, do you carry this product? And if they don't, encourage them to carry it because they make a lot of really tasty beer. And then the second brewery, Barrier Brewing Company, on their website they do have a little bit of a beer finder they also have the ability to send you beer so if your state is a state which wisconsin is not but if your state is a state that accepts beer shipments in, you could have beer sent to your front door so that's kind of cool so look on their website for that as always i will make a post about this episode and all episodes to come on the instagram so at buzz with brian check that out if there's anything you want to see specifically on the show style review hey you should reach out to this brewery hey i've got a contact for this brewery you want to send me beer i don't know whatever it is feel free to reach me at buzz with brian you can send a dm on the instagram or send me an email buzz with brian at gmail.com happy to receive both so that does it can't wait to get back on the mic again soon and enjoy another couple beers cheers beers <laughs> <laughs>